This is Something to Gnaw On, a short podcast for the Christian with a short attention span or just short on time, designed to give you something to mentally or spiritually gnaw on throughout your day, a Bible study in bite-sized form, if you will. And I'm your host, Nate Vinio. Today, our episode goes back to a story from my dad. It's entitled, Hot Dogs from Heaven. Enjoy. Hot Dogs from Heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6:33 from the Sermon on the Mount. In the summer following my first year of Bible college, my friend Leroy and I traveled to a Native American village in northwest Washington. We hoped to assist in a church there, but hadn't called ahead to see if we'd be welcome. Not only did we not know the pastor or anyone in the community, but we also weren't part of the church's denomination. Did I say we were naive? It was our plan to live in a tent at the nearby Olympic National Forest and live off the food we'd packed in our car. Other needs would be supplied with finances we had saved during the school year. And so began a summer of adventures in ministry beyond our expectations. Upon our arrival, we located the pastor in his rural postal delivery route. He graciously welcomed us. He was preparing to retire, he said, and would appreciate our help. As it worked out, we pastored the church all summer under his oversight. When the time came to leave, we rejoiced over the incredible relationships we had made and the miraculous transformations in lives that God had made. It was also a summer of a class called Faith 101. Our first test of faith came much sooner than expected. Two weeks after setting up camp, we began to run low on food. This presented us with some tough choices. Do we pack up and go home in defeat? Should we plead our case with family, friends, and the church? Or should we continue saying nothing of our need to anyone? If God intervened by meeting our need, we would know He wanted us to stay. We decided we would try the latter. To save money, we moved into the Native American campground kitchen, where two beds were available. Soon, our food and finances were gone, except for enough gas money to make it home. We decided to leave the next morning, unless God provided food. That day, manna began to rain from heaven, but not in the form we had expected, nor from any source we might have imagined. Across the dirt road from our new dwelling lived the only two other Caucasians in the community, Art and Charlie. We had never met the bootleggers before, but these two fit the Dukes of Hazard pictures to perfection. They wore the bib coveralls with flannel shirts and thermal underwear. Apparently, they never took them off to wash, even to wash their bodies. Art was short and roly-poly, Charlie was tall and slender, and we were told they made the finest apple whiskey in the valley. Charlie had a condition called narcolepsy that caused him to fall asleep at a moment's notice, like while answering the door or picking apples from the top of his ladder. It was Charlie that had knocked on the door of the kitchen early that morning. Would you like to come over for breakfast? Would we ever? So across the road we went to the bootleggers' rundown home. Charlie explained that he had an excess of hot dogs left over in the freezer. Would we mind having some for breakfast? We nodded our approval and he began the process of frying them split down the middle. 
He then flopped the split-down-the-middle hot dogs onto a bare piece of white bread, and we ate. After thanking him, we returned. God had supplied our next meal. But what about the next one? Noon rolled around, and there was a knock on the door again. It was Charlie. Would we like to come over for some lunch? Charlie had an excess of hot dogs, you know. So off we went for a lunch of hot dogs, split down the middle, fried, and served on a bare white piece of bread. God had again answered our prayers, as he would again for supper. For the next four weeks, Charlie would knock on the door at mealtimes. Have you any idea what it's like to eat hot dogs split down the middle, fried, and served on a bare white piece of toast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for four weeks? It was kind of biblical, like a manna from heaven that kept the Israelites alive in the wilderness. The same thing for every meal made grumblers out of them. We were determined to avoid their mistake. So we continued in ministry, thanking God for making it possible. And then came the glorious breakthrough. The ladies of the church arrived with three grocery bags full of all sorts of goodies. I tore through them looking for meat, and there it was, a butcher's paper wrap package of hamburger at the very least, maybe pork chops. Our joy faded as we opened the package only to reveal more hot dogs. We started laughing. As sick as the thought of hot dogs made us, we had to appreciate the humor of the Lord. After all, we surely hadn't been specific in our prayers for food. We'd simply asked for food. However, we did not split them down the middle, fry them, and serve them on a white piece of bread. Now we had macaroni and cheese to make a hot dog casserole. When our time there came to a close, Art and Charlie invited us over for a farewell dinner. We could hardly bear the thought of more hot dogs. Imagine our surprise, though, when we saw their dining room table loaded with turkey, mashed potatoes, and all the fixins. They'd hired a wonderful logging camp cook to make a special meal for us. I must confess, however, that it took six to seven years before I could eat another hot dog and I'd gag at the smell. To this day, I can only eat the beefiest hot dogs, and then only about one per month. What wonderful lessons we learned, however. One, God is able to provide manna if we are willing to go, trusting Him only. Two, God examines the depths of our commitment, sometimes with hot dogs. And three, are we willing to put up with such manna for the privilege of serving. And there's the end of my dad's story. What I love about this story is that it's a great combination of God providing, yet testing our grit at the same time. There are more stories from the time that dad and Leroy spent on the reservation, stories that highlight the impact they had and that highlight the fact that God went before them. There's a guy they found on their doorstep, bloody and beaten. Some young people had beaten him and taken his monthly check. He had given his life to the Lord. There's a lady who had her monthly check stolen, and a group of youths who were racing up and down the street in a car had wrecked. And upon inspecting the damage of the car the next morning, Dad and Leroy found the stolen check. There's Charlie the bootlegger who made it to church. Of course, Dad and Leroy had to take turns elbowing him in the ribs every ten minutes or so to keep him from snoring and disrupting the service, but he was there. 
And then there's the night they prayed fervently that the kids racing in a car up and down the street would stop safely. And shortly after the racing did stop, the service continued. And after the service, while walking home, Dad and Leroy happened upon a car buried deep in a blackberry patch. Now, digress for a moment. When I was a kid living out in Washington, I used to take a board and throw a board into the blackberry patch so you could stand on it and eat the blackberries. And as a kid, I remember these bushes being well over my head. So I have no idea how tall the patches were that these guys were in, but they were having a tough time getting out. They created quite a trail into the patch, so Dad and Leroy tried to help them push the car out to no avail. Consequently, though, because of the act of lending a helping hand in the midst of a dilemma, the families of all involved were finally open to talk. It's unclear how many lives were saved eventually, but there's no doubt that they had heard the gospel message, a gospel message delivered by two eager and committed college kids who had the grit to endure hot dogs for four weeks straight, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and a God who uses such people who are both humble and determined to follow God's call no matter what circumstances come their way. This has been Something to Gnaw On, and the goal of the podcast is to have listeners come to know God in a deeply personal and experiential way. To accomplish that, I hope you'll dig into the scriptures in this story and gnaw on its deep truth and its application in your life, and let this story that my dad had to share be an encouragement to you in the process. You can find the references in the show notes and the transcript. And if you haven't taken the opportunity to rate and post a review of the podcast on your particular listening platform, please take a moment to do so. We greatly appreciate it. And if you know of anyone who could use some encouragement on this topic, please feel free to share it with them as well. Until next week, God bless.